welcome to Stock Odds. This is Dave Singh and Rob Friesen with Odds and Ends. Another podcast for you to help you prepare for the week ahead. We just want to get our bearings on what the odds say are good trades for the week and help you get aligned with that as well. How are you doing today, Rob? Good. I think we do it for each other uh, more more so than the rest of the community. <laughs> they can listen if they want, but but we got to discuss this stuff because uh, we got to hit the ground running uh, uh, on Monday, and and some of that follows uh, through all week as well. So uh, it's good to get our head around some of these uh, themes and um, you know decide which uh, which groups are favored. And we we have. We have the ability to be completely diversified, right? Like we can take, you know, one or two stocks, you know, from every industry if we wanted to. We can, um, you know, in addition to that, you know, we're running at being market neutral anyway, things like that. So we can kind of take on as much macro exposure as we want, you know, hopefully in our favor. Um, we can reduce that tremendously we can take industry exposure or reduce it um, so you know it's it's really amazing all the different you know components to this business and how much you can do and how, how it can be so different from another person it's just amazing to me all the different ways that people make money mm-hmm. and uh, and yet at the end of the day there seems to be a, f- a few ways that people consistently lose money. So the the commonality of losing is more similar, but mm-hmm. the uh, the methods and, and models and, and strategies that people use to make money is quite diverse. That's a good so, answer. Yeah. So um, anyway, we're we're hitting uh, earnings season here, um, and we've got the major banks uh, coming out this week. Uh, so this is really interesting. Um, Overall, uh, the aggregate earnings increase for um, the S&P 500 symbols is supposed to be about 27.6%, according to FactSet, uh, if I got that right. Um, so that means that we are expecting earnings to be pretty robust. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, what's included that wouldn't have been forecast before would have probably been the bottlenecks, the supply chain disruptions, you know, the fact that, yeah, you could have sold a lot more cars <laughs> if you would have had chips, or yeah, you could have sold a lot more of this or that, or I mean, it's so industry, uh, you know, broad. Um, there's so many technology components throughout many industry groups that uh, it's going to be interesting to see what what happens here with this earnings season because, you know, everyone's expecting there to be that bigger bump. Uh, but, you know, we've had these disruptions. And, I mean, when you look at the amount of ships that are still sitting, you know, at the at the ports, uh, trying to get unloaded, there's not enough trucks, all the way through the supply chain right, you know, to the final marketplaces, uh, there's, you know, lack of employees there's there's lack of service vehicles i mean it just goes on and on and on so it's it's going to be interesting um i heard that goldman uh decreased the um you know growth expectations from so they went from 5.7 for this year to 5.6 percent gdp and then for next year 4.4 percent they decreased it to four percent 
Um, so that's just citing things like, you know, some of these bottlenecks, um, you know, the Delta various did kick us back a bit, you know, from what was expected because that was, that wasn't planned for either. So, um, anyway, uh, over to you. No, I was just looking at the futures for the week as well and trying to get my bearings there. I mean, we've got the 10 year up again, oil up again, we're over $80 a barrel. Well, the the like the, the bonds are selling off, but the in interest rate is rising, right? So uh, the ten-year interest rate would well, the, if you're watching something like TLT, that's really referring to the twenty-year, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but if we look at the the two-year, five-year, ten-year, and thirty-year, um, there's a there's a lot of kind of air pocket coming up here like if, if there's kind of one one support level that i see these bonds are sitting at the 30 year isn't quite there yet but mm -hmm. but but you notice the 10 and the 5 and the 2 are on that level if if that if that breaks there's a lot of air under there which means that there's room for for the interest rates to rise as the bonds sell off um, and this could very well be happening you know, here shortly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't look at a lot of stock charts, like charts on stocks, but when it comes to our predictors, our leading indicators, things like that, we have to look at, you know, what's actually on trend, what's happening. And, uh, you know, there's, I think that bond traders put a lot more work and effort into everything than equities traders, generally speaking, right? There, there's a, there's a lot more stuff they're aware of you know, and, uh, you know, and in, in fact, when we go back to 2020, you know, already in January, when stuff was starting to come out of Wuhan on the, on the coronavirus, the bonds were already reacting significantly to that. Whereas the equities didn't really move till, you know, more into February. Right. And it wasn't until sort of the, the end of February that things really, you know, started rolling down. But, but the bonds were already factoring things in well ahead of the equities, and I and I just I've just seen that they're they're more research orientated in general. I think. Mm -hmm. So you see a risk of like a sudden move up in interest rates, and that's going to be very negative for the markets. Oh, I just I don't know if it's necessarily sudden, but just more continued risk to that to that side, right? I mean, truth be told, I mean the markets can handle going all the way back to three and a half percent, you know, it, but it's, it's because people have been addicted to these low rates and there are some industry pressures, right? Like they're because of the leverage implication and because of the sort of that free money aspect. Um, you know, I think, I think there's going to be that, that's why they call it the taper tantrum, right? It's like, we're going to, get upset but but in reality the markets could handle a lot you know what i mean if yeah. people would just take a chill pill they could handle a lot so would you use that to uh, press certain sectors more like continued oh, yeah. longer financials and short utilities real estate well, i mean, I mean here's the, here's the monkey wrench right you got the banks have earnings which can affect the financial group right mm -hmm. but if we're expecting them to be you know okay because they really haven't had the benefit of 
you know, the interest rates going back up is when they tend to usually make more money, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they in, the, the earnings might not be that good, but people will be forward looking, right? So you could have a bad earnings report and the banks would still be up. I, so I think our downside on that's fairly limited. So the way the 10-year is uh, pointing, the 20-year, uh, you know, five-year and the two-year, I think, I think we can safely, well, safely, quote, unquote, I mean, we can, we can put our money to work in the financial area still and uh, take some risk there. So if if I had a if I had a choice like in going to stock odds and you know curating some odds on financials I would I would look more to the long side mm -hmm. right so if 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 there was odds that you know said hey short this stock or short that stock um I don't have to take those because that's going to that's going to insulate me more and and reduce the return on capital because you're long and short in an area where money's flowing, you know, flowing into that. Mm -hmm. If I'm not sure, and we don't have any, uh, you know, information relative to the financials, then yeah, fine. But if the if the ten if we come in tomorrow morning, and the ten year yield, well, wait a minute, bonds are closed tomorrow because of Columbus Day, right? Yeah, bond market's closed and stock market's open. So so we have a bit of a problem here, right? So when big, you know, big brother is not in the room, you know, the other siblings can, can run around and cause trouble, right? That's so right. the futures, the S&P futures and, and the Dow futures and the Russell futures, they're not going to have big brother bonds around to uh, keep them in line tomorrow. That's true. So... Yeah. It does question. change things, right? So you watch correlations quite a bit, correlations of ETFs to each other, stocks to each other, and you've been noticing that they're getting closer and closer to a correlation of one, right? And uh, in the past, you said that's kind of a risky behavior. Everything just has a correlation of one and goes down, right? That's that's not as good as one. Yeah, you'll see you'll see more days where, like, if you were to look at the the map of the market that you can see one on Finviz, for example, you're going to see like, you know all the sectors mostly green on a day with you know, there's a few symbols here and there that might be the other way um or you're going to see all the symbols red you know it's it's like we're getting back to that kind of a a market where the entire market moves the same direction yeah right so correlations of one um mean that it, it's not it's not that high i'm just saying they're moving in that direction right so um, that more things are, are correlated. And, you know, you do see, like you could have utilities, you know, up, you could have gold up, you could have technology up, you could have healthcare all up. Like, you know, normally you get a little bit more of a rotation there, right? Like, like let's, uh, you know, let's sell technology and buy utilities, which are more defensive, right? But they're, but they're all up or they're all down. That that just tells you something. Yeah. Well, I was checking the seasonality almanac. Um, we're coming up towards mid-month seasonality on Wednesday and Thursday. That's the ninth and tenth business day of the month. And I wanted to see which sectors are expected to either outperform the spider or underperform. And I found two. Uh, the Russell 
uh, it's, it's, it's expected to do pretty poorly all month, except for mid-month seasonalities. It's expected at 1.2% right. relative to spiders, 0.8%. And then also the technology is expected to underperform the spider um, quite a bit too, 0.54 for the XLK versus 0.81 for the spider. So any insights on um, how to play that, um, the Russell and maybe weakness in tech coming into this week? Yeah, well, I mean, mid-month seasonality starts on the, on Wednesday. So we've got, you know, we're kind of coming into October's, you know, kind of volatility time. We've already had a little bit already this start of this uh, October, but could be more. So you got earnings, you know, you've got um, still stuff going on in the government, you know, no, <laughs> it's like a playground there. Um, you've got uh, this oil oil problem and, and, you know, well, we'll get into that a little bit later here, but just, I, I just saw, saw something that was interesting. Um, yeah, the... The mid-month seasonality, well, I wouldn't get too excited right away, maybe on Monday or Tuesday. Like, things are kind of pointing a little bit softer um, with, you know, we have bond, bond markets are closed. We have Canadian markets closed. Um, so there's some volume that's going to be off the table. Um, if you have any dually listed stocks like some of the banks some of the um, railroads you know things like that gold um, just be careful that you know in trading them because the toronto stock exchange is closed where the new york stock exchange is open so it it just tends to change their behavior a little bit mm -hmm. the canadian the canadian stocks that are listed on toronto first they also listed on on new york so if both markets aren't trading and only one's trading. It just I just find the behavior different, so just be aware of that. Um, also, if there's less volume on the market in general because of Columbus Day and because of thank Canadian Thanksgiving, if there's just less less volume. Um, you know, it could be either way. It could be we could have a sell-off that's significant. Nobody's around to provide liquidity and step in. We could have a rally too. You know that. Uh, you know just because it's easier to move things when there's light volume. So I would um, just kind of, if, you, if somebody is, isn't yakking about these things, you just tend to forget, you miss them, right? So we're just yakking about, hey, we're coming into earnings season. We're yakking about seasonality coming into Wednesday, mid-month seasonality starts. We're, we're talking about, you know, Thanksgiving. We're talking about um, Columbus Day. You know, the, all of these things add levels of complexity to what we do. And it can be an opportunity or they can be a risk. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, on that power thing, um, I was I was thinking, you know, it's going to be hard to get on this environmental agenda globally when you got places like, you know, India, 70 percent coal. You got other countries reverting back to using coal because of the energy shortages. There's there's serious energy shortages globally, mm -hmm. and you know they're going to turn the in India, for example, they're going to turn the power off for four hours, you know, in rotation here and there and everywhere. And we've we've seen some of that in the U.S. before too. But um, 
you know, we got uh, we got some significant energy problems. So we haven't arrived at the time in the future where everything's powered by the sun. We haven't got there yet. Good. I picked up in the almanac. I picked up a couple possible good trades for the week. So healthcare has been down pretty big the last month, minus six point one percent. During the week too, it's the, the poorest uh, of, the, of the sectors. But during mid-month seasonality, um, it's expected to to be a pretty good performer. Things like XLV or even XBI, the biotech, those might be good outperformers come mid-month seasonality. Um, any thoughts on healthcare? And well, I like I like what you're suggesting here because we have had that discount, and and the same argument is for the technology stocks. Some of them have pulled back pretty substantially. Um, so, I mean, there could be an argument for technology as well. But when you look at this, the seasonality, I, I think that uh, healthcare and, and uh, biotechs and stuff are supposed to outperform technology for that mid-month seasonality, right? So yeah. then I would definitely be like, you know, if I had a choice and I, and I wanted to be, you know, kind of still mostly diversified, but still concentrate a little bit of capital into some of the better ideas, then yeah, I'd be looking for healthcare stocks that have the best odds of of going up and best average performance. I'd focus on the ones that really can give me some bang for my buck, and um, you know might still choose a few technology stocks long, but also a few technology shorts where I might not do any healthcare shorts. Mm -hmm. So you know this this is again, every trader gets to decide what their exposure is, um, but I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with combining sort of the seasonality context and then adding the macro you know also what's going on like normally i wouldn't i wouldn't be suggesting long oil this time of year like no, the normal seasonality doesn't suggest that right but we had it we've had a macro disruption which has kind of overwhelmed that the only way i can explain this it's like, you know, an airplane taxiing down the runway. Of course, Southwest sure grounded what, over a thousand flights. <laughs> they're, not, they're not getting off the ground <laughs> too well. Poor Southwest. But anyway, um, a, a plane taxiing down the runway, and gravity's holding it down. But if it gets up enough speed, then lift takes over and lift lifts that plane off the runway and into the air and it overcomes gravity mm -hmm. so the way i look at this is macro can influence so many things and and knock our seasonality out so mm -hmm. for oil it knocked the seasonality out seasonality was fine in august we rolled into September, and towards the end of September, last you know, even the last two weeks of September, oil started taking charge, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm not going to argue with it. It's got a macro force behind it, and it's also caught a lot of money managers flat-footed. And it's you know, they just don't have exposure to it. It's a very small percentage of the S&P 500, right? And they just don't have exposure to it. Yeah. So, so you know, we, we know where the crowded trades are. Everybody seems to be in the same crowded tech stocks for the most part and healthcare. But um, 
oil was one of those things that, hey, we know we got to go ESG, you know, can't have oil anymore, can't use that. Nobody needs oil anymore. Yeah. Forgetting that even a Tesla has quite a few barrels of oil that probably make all of its parts. All right. All right. Well, good stuff. Some good ideas. So, um, as we roll, yeah. So um, I saw in curating my list, I just saw a lot more shorts initially coming up as really good signals for tomorrow. And I, I had to downgrade some of my long, you know, qualities to, to get the long coverage. What did you find? I haven't run my uh, final done it yet. Okay. Well, just see. Let me know if, let, later if you if you see the same thing. You know, it's easier to find really good short signals right now, and it was and it's harder to find long signals. If, just let me know if that's the case. So I, I, I first, a couple I first days ran a couple eight to one ratio of longs to shorts. <laughs> so this is a. Well, yeah, that's been the way it's been for so long, right? But um, it's been changing. I noticed it changing already in September. It's changed a bit in October. I've had a lot, a lot of more easy time with shorts, but like running for for Monday, it was, you know, like thirty percent more shorts than longs mm -hmm. um, in terms of great quality stuff that I was looking for, and then uh, so I lowered my standard on some of the longs just to get my long coverage up. Right. Were you getting just as many? Uh symbols from the different signals you monitor I know, like rsi and percent bb do you get more shorts from one um signal than others no the, i mean uh i did i i did streaks scan i did uh percent b i did connor's and and performance and all of them were consistent in giving me more shorts mm. than longs it's interesting anyway let me know what you see um so anyway, we'll hit the ground running tomorrow and uh, great talking with you. Sounds good. Good luck. Thanks.